Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your source for Wall Street knowledge and valuable guidance. I'm your host, Veronica Dudo, joined by the Buy, Hold, Sell traders, Tobin Smith and Todd Schoenberger. On this week's show, we are joined by Jordan Kimmel of Value Engine Capital Management, where the panel offered crystal clear analysis on the May jobs report. That's not all we talked about, though. We debated several other topics, such as the economy, electric car sales, alcohol consumption, and we even offer a big surprise stock that all investors should consider for their portfolios. You absolutely will not want to miss this episode of Buy, Hold, Sell. Blowout. That's the word Wall Street insiders used to describe the May jobs report. The economy created 390,000 new jobs last month, and this is on top of the 430,000 made the month before. But Wall Street still isn't happy as stocks crashed yet again. So why is good news now considered bad news? Hi, everyone. I'm Veronica Dudo, and welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. To answer that question, let's Bring in the traders, Todd Schoenberger, Tobin Smith, and Jordan Kimmel. All right, Toby, great news on the economy should not result in a market crash. So why now? Well, What's going on? Yeah, well, let's never you know, confuse the real world, the real economy with the stock market and the financial world, number one. Number two, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's been uh, 12 years before since you know we actually had any uh, interest rate hikings, so on and so forth. And they're doing that, obviously, because of this runaway inflation that's not going anywhere, by the way. So in, in, in that case, when you get a jobs report that says that the economy is still ticking at a high level, <coughs> excuse me, that also means that inflation is ticking at a high level. That means that interest rates aren't high enough. And when the, when the real economy is out kicking the stock market economy, the Fed raises rates. And when the Fed raises rates, that puts stock values down. So that's why, quote unquote, good news in the real world is, is bad news in the stock market. And, and, and frankly, Veronica, as you get into it, that's the last number before we sort of roll over. Um, and, and then, you know, let's not forget that we're at a two year pandemic and, and there's, right. you know, a lot of right. weird stuff going on that makes that happen. But, right. but that's why good news is bad news, because it means the Fed needs to be more aggressive. That, well, I got to tell you, though, we heard from the White House today. It sounded like everything was great. I mean, we're hearing about wonderful numbers from the White House. I mean, just in April, we had 440,000 new jobs, 390,000 in May. Yeah, a little bit of a dip, but still, that's very solid when you start thinking about it, Toby. I'm not sure. When I think of middle America right now and they open up their newspapers tomorrow and they see that headline, they're going to be feeling pretty good. And then they're going to start scratching their heads wondering, why did the stock market go down? Jordan, what do you think about because the Because they didn't watch this show. They should have watched this show. They'd understand it. I'm sorry. Well, well look, the problem isn't the jobs, you know, and, and, and more people working. That's a great thing for the country. The reality yeah. is, is that inflation is, is the monster in the room right now. And there's a lot of people who just dumbly think that the Fed is going to be here to bail out the speculators who bought the high price to sales, the SPACs the NFTs, what have you. The fact is the Fed has already said we're going to continue to raise rates. That's the problem for the stock market. And that problem doesn't go away today. It's a great thing more people are working. It's a great thing they're getting paid a little more. The problem comes to the fact that there's no more 
zero <coughs> interest rates and and yeah. and that the the denominator starts to yeah. change with PE. But you remember years ago, though, Jordan, I mean, the stock market was always going to move on the jobs report. And now it seems to be irrelevant. I mean, now we can well, actually say, hey, this isn't really that big of a deal. We'll talk about it, but it's not going to move the needle because what is moving the needle is what's coming out of the Federal Reserve. Yeah, but Todd, years ago, you had more hair. OK, it's a different time. <laughs> I mean, All right, so it's not relevant. <laughs> so we know it's that not we, relevant. The Fed is, okay, is not one, relevant. One more thing. One yeah. more thing. When you talk about relevant, non-relevant, remember it's still yeah. called the non-farms payroll. Who the heck's working in a farm anymore? And the fact <laughs> is, these numbers yeah, yeah. don't make any sense to begin with because more of the economy is working for companies with less than fifty employees. So these non-farm payroll numbers, and I can't believe they haven't changed the name yet. Yeah, um, is a little bit less relevant. So we do know, as you guys have mentioned, that the Fed is going yeah. to stay the course. They're raising the 50 basis points, what they had said. But now we're also hearing that uh, some of the tech sector, uh, Tesla, also Coinbase and Microsoft, they're laying people off. Yeah. Toby, what do you make of this? Well, it's real simple. And, and if, if you're around as long as I have been, and, and maybe Jordan, uh, the, uh, we had this uh, uh, IPO bubble. And in the IPO bubble... Everybody, you know, hired everybody, everybody, the thing crashed, and then everybody, everybody got laid off. We've had the same thing go on in, remember, we have something like 380 private tech companies that are valued at more than a billion dollars. And just last week, uh, uh, SoftBank, which is one of the investors, wrote down some of those values by 80%. So there's a crash within a crash within a crash right now. And right now, that big crash is in all those private companies that absorbed, my favorite number, $2.1 trillion of venture capital, go build the next uh, Facebook type of money. And now the, the, the caca has hit the fan. That's a very big economic term. Yes, it is. And, That's and, a and now uh, we have to, now they, it's becoming unwound. Um, the good news is there's still two jobs available for every one employee. And in the tech world, um, you know, some of those guys may be driving UPS cars, uh, trucks pretty soon. Yeah. Well, you know, what? let's start digging deep into the jobs report. Yep. I mean, one thing that we saw, the number one gainer for, for the sectors was leisure and hospitality. Saw 84,000 new jobs, but it's still 1.3 million below that pre-pandemic level. Then yep. you start looking at jobs that were lost. I mean, retail jobs, hourly wage jobs, minus 60,000. That really shows you, that gives us a clue that the American consumer is not going to be spending and therefore demand is light. So you're probably going to see that number further road down the line. But even in leisure and hospitality, that's not exactly a high wage earning job. So now you start looking what's in the middle. And, you know, Toby, you brought it up best earlier about the, the tech sector. We saw the tech sector actually did not grow at a rate that we were expecting. Veronica brought up a number of tech companies that were experiencing layoffs. The future is very bleak right now. So I, I can understand the stock market reacting the way that it is because the forward guidance just doesn't look good. So, Jordan, we do yeah, have that report that's out. So it's a new month. Will we see new volatility for the markets? 
Well, you know, we're just seeing a ratchet down, if you will. We're one step forward, two steps back. And while we would love to be a cheerleader for the market, sometimes you want to be realistic and see the market wants to <laughs> let out some air. And, and so, you know, I don't see the, the market actually hitting new highs for a while. I see us ratcheting down, in fact. And so Lower you know, lows. whatever statistic comes out, you know, what you're seeing is money, people pulling money away from the market, people just not feeling comfortable in the market. I'll say it's a bifurcated market. We'll get into this later where there's a lot of cheaper companies, particularly the software companies, though, that you were mentioning. There was free money going around. They didn't care about earnings. They were looking at different metrics again. Tobin mentioned it's very similar to the 99.com era. Well, there's no yeah. more free money right now. And now these companies are starting to say, we can't just keep bringing on more and more high paid engineers while we're bleeding because the access to the capital is, is really not there at the same level anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, great yeah. conversation, gentlemen. A few Wall Street heavyweights warned this week that tough times are ahead, but are their fears overblown? We'll discuss after the break. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Hey friends, investor friends, this is Tobin Smith. I just show this if you may remember me from my, like 25 years on business TV, but it's not about me, brothers and sisters. It is about this. We are about five times the average, stock average, over the last two years. But more importantly, this year, we're up about 67% in our portfolios, while the S&P is down, you know, 12% and going deeper. And the Nasdaq's down 25% and going deeper. Let me ask you this, are you tired of losing money? Uh, because right now, we forecast not only a big recession in 2023, but we think we can do this again. We think it could be up again another 5, 50 to 60% by being in the right place, the right stocks, and at the right time. That's what we're doing right now. So join us, transformityresearch.com. Get on our free newsletter, transformityresearch.com. Join us for free and stop losing money. I'm Veronica Dudo, and welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. If you have the Russians or Europe is going to say, hell no. If Russia doing things logically was their MO, I'd agree with you. Yeah, Todd, why don't you get him on, on a phone call right now? Hello, <laughs> you.
Welcome back. J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon and Goldman Sachs's John Waldron are painting a pessimistic future amid a string of shocks rattling the global economy. Both men feel inflation with changing monetary policy and the Ukraine-Russian war are going to kneecap growth prospects for the foreseeable future. Toby, are they right? Well, you know, I wish I, I had better news. And, and <coughs> excuse me. What is confused Get all of them, and Jamie Dimon actually sees the, uh, they chuck, it locked me up. Uh, Jamie <laughs> Dimon, he sees the money going in and out of, out of Chase, you know, J.P. Morgan Chase, right? So th he has somewhat of a feel that way. On the Goldman Sachs side, he's, a, he's an international guy, and he sees internationally. What we don't realize in the United States is, is you think inflation is bad here. You should be in Europe. You should be in Italy. Oh, my golly. They are slave to, uh, to energy. Come um, on. Russian energy. So, uh, you we know. We don't care about uh, what's uh, going on over there. Well, yeah, but remember, all of the market cap of our stock market, Tato, <laughs> is in 10 companies that are global companies. And so when they look out at the, at the globe, I know, you know, Buffalo, New York is really your center of focus in life. But <laughs> oh, God, the, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> but the the rest of the world is not responding well to these this energy crisis and the food crisis and the fertilizer crisis and everybody's raising rates at the same time. Um, right. You know, uh, in Ukraine, the prime rate is twenty five percent. Yeah. In some of these uh, European countries, it's twelve percent. So if you expand your horizon, there is a reason why they are so sh uh, sh you know sh shook up. Well, I got to tell you, though, I am very concerned that you would have a you have leaders of major bulge bracket banks that are this pessimistic. I mean, this is unheard of in corporate America. CEOs are always known to paint this rosy picture. Things are great. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. Even the president of the United States will come out like in his his um, his presser today or talking about the jobs report of how great everything is. Oh, we're doing this and doing that. And that things are wonderful. I mean, you rarely have leaders that say that, that say how pessimistic things are going to be. But here's the big concern. You well, can what does imagine, that mean, Todd? Hold on. Here's what, what I think mean? it means. Here's what it means when you have his bankers like goldman bankers or J or uh, jp morgan bankers they're going out they have their dinners toby jordan i'm sure you guys have been involved in these dinners you guys know that people are talking and this is really inside wall street stuff if they are pessimistic at the top imagine what the talk is like at the bottom and therefore yeah. you're going to have a real revolt you're not going to have as many m a deals that are taking place you're going to have a lot of a uh, lot less uh, ipo um, um offerings so you have a number of issues right now that could be a bottleneck. And I just don't, I think when I hear from those guys being that pessimistic, the future is just as dismal as it's ever been. So Jordan, you know, we hear a lot of times it's business, it's not personal, try to, you know, check the emotions at the door. But when you're listening to these statements by Jamie Dimon, he was very emotional talking about a hurricane coming. I mean, how do you see this? Right. Well, he also reversed the course from the week before. We saw that everything was yeah. calm, but you know, yeah. he's now mm -hmm. going to be known as Hurricane Jamie. And <laughs> and frankly, you know, he has really been, he's been honest about what where things are. But but I want to put things in perspective here right now. Um, I didn't get hit by a piece of sky, uh, even in in the worst of the markets. So what we have here is what's called a bear market, and it's called the recession. <laughs> And, and the thing is, these are cycles. And anyone who thought the business cycle was cured uh, had, had their head in a different, in the wrong place. So whoa, the, the whoa, whole whoa. thing is, 
Jordan, are you Jordan? Are you trying to tell me there's there's no such thing? I mean, I thought markets always went up. I never th I, there's no such thing as a down market, right? I mean, isn't that what all well, the investors keep telling us? Here's what someone said to me the other day that I, I said, look, the market is is in these ten year cycles where it had these very high double digits for the last several years. The next couple of years will look nothing like it. So they said, oh, you mean we'll only get eight nine percent? Yeah, and I'm like, right. no. That's the that's even above historical rates. How about minus eight? You know, how, how about things equaling out? So the point is, their markets aren't terrible. Recessions aren't terrible if you plan around them and work around them. And frankly, at the bottom of the recession, as we know, is a great time to build. It's a great time to buy. You just don't want to buy as the re as the storm is starting to come. You need to wait till the storm kind yeah. of exhausted a lot of its pressure already. I'm getting a side hustle. Yeah. I'm going to work for Tobin Smith, Inc. So, Toby, well, do you think the markets have become complacent with inflation? No, I mean, we were complacent because, I mean, part of the thing about the last 12 years, but, you know, other than the last three months, we also had 2% or lower inflation. We've never had a situation where there were the Fed, you know, pumped in ultimately $6 trillion of cash money into the monetary system. So that had to go somewhere. And we had below 2% inflation because shock of shocks, when we outsourced all our manufacturing and we got Amazon to, and we got somebody to deliver stuff for 50% less from Walmart, our, all our cost of living went down. It's, you know, it's called the great moderation, right? So in that situation, we've heard, the, and I've talked this story a lot, about how essentially, remember, we had the great pull forward of demand for like Zoom.com and the great right. pull forward for it. Well, we had the great pull forward of equity stock uh, returns. We pulled forward 25 years of returns into eight to nine years because at 17% returns for 10 years, when we used to have a 7% rate of return, and now that is we've pulled forward everything we can. We by mathematics, by financial gravity, we gotta give some back. And that's to Jordan's point. The the person who says, Oh, we're only gonna make eight percent, dude. You only made seven percent a year in forty years. So <laughs> right. it's gotta let, pull let me back. bring something out here. Let me bring something out here. Not only, I mean, you talked sure. globally a few minutes ago. It's really important. There was no playbook ever written when interest rates were negative. So we had trillions yeah. of dollars at negative interest rates throughout Europe. And people were saying that at 0.02, our rates were high. So there was clearly some sort of funny house mirrors going on. Uh, but when you talk to, to economists, there is no playbook coming out of negative yeah. interest rates. It was a weird time and it was a, a fun house time. But I've said before, if you didn't hear the music getting louder, if you didn't see the chairs being taken away several months ago, then you haven't been around markets for a very long time. So, Todd, this week we saw Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen come out. She said she got it wrong when she was the <laughs> fair chairwoman, the Fed chairwoman. Wow. You know, we also were, uh, heard the press secretary for the White House say we don't watch the stock market every day when she right. was asked that right. question. So, I mean, what do you think the market is taking from this with the administration moving forward? You know, what are investors thinking? 
Yeah, who's running the show? That's what everybody on Wall Street wants to know. And you know the traders are asking that question. Look, when the White House comes out and says, yeah, we're not watching everything every day, uh, guess what? You know, you have to think about how people vote, and they vote with their wallets. And that might be something that the Democrats might want to start focusing on. But realistically, <laughs> going forward now, you have so many headwinds that are taking place. You have higher gas prices. Food costs are, are skyrocketing. You obviously have a depreciating stock market. We have so many issues right now. And the only good thing that can come out of any of this is that you have a jobs report that's pumping out almost 400,000 new jobs. That's the only sign that's positive. So where do we go if we lose that and we start losing jobs? Say those jobs numbers start declining rapidly, which could happen. And a lot of Wall Street analysts are predicting that you're going to have it's going to be it's just going to be hell because then people are just going to lose it. And now you're really going to have problems in the United States. All right. We have to leave it there. Thanks, guys. It's not all doom and gloom on Wall Street. We have Good. one stock that continues to crush its quarterly earnings. So which one is it? Stay with us after the break to find out. Buy, hold, sell live brought to you by Transformity Research. Hey friends, investor friends, this is Tobin Smith. I just show this if you may remember me from my like 25 years on business TV, but it's not about me, brothers and sisters. It is about this. We are about five times the average, stock average, over the last two years. But more importantly, this year, we're up about 67% in our portfolios, while the S&P is down, you know, 12% and going deeper. And the Nasdaq's down 25% and going deeper. Let me ask you this, are you tired of losing money? Uh, because right now we forecast not only a big recession in 2023, but we think we can do this again. We think it could be up again another 5, 50 to 60% by being in the right place, the right stocks, and at the right time. That's what we're doing right now. So join us, transformityresearch.com. Get on our free newsletter, transformityresearch.com. Join us for free and stop losing money. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read. If you like Buy, Hold, Sell Live, be sure to smash the like button. Lights, cameras, connectivity to every kind of screen. With six broadcast studios and experts ready to help plan the event. Big Wig Media's broadcast center at the Willard is the ideal headquarters to host your virtual meetings and video conferences. Let's get started. 
Thank you for joining us. To date, 87% of S&P 500 companies have reported earnings and nearly all of them are providing dismal guidance for the immediate future. One, however, continues to deliver good news. Lululemon reported earnings this week and the company posted better than expected numbers for earnings and revenue. Todd, what is Lululemon's secret? Yeah, great, great question because right now they are catering, they're not just catering to the female demographic, they're also catering to the male demographic. They have a number of new products that are coming out. But what's unique about this stock is that over the last eight quarters of their earnings release, they've seen the stock gyrate almost 6%. There's a lot of volatility, a lot of options trading that's taking place with this stock. Not quite sure why it's this one particular, but maybe it has the lighter volumes to do with it. But the stock's trading at 300 a share right now. It's got a wonderful track record. But what's really cool about this company is that their forward guidance is just magical. It's very bullish. They're expecting not just seeing double-digit growth earnings from the earnings side and also the profit side, but they're expecting to expand globally at a rate that companies would just cut off their arm for. So going forward, that's what investors, if you're looking for a bullish side right now or, or something to invest in, that's the area to look at. They definitely have an international audience. Toby, are you bullish on Lululemon? Well, I, I am for a couple of reasons, but here's the caution first off. Number one, they, they've converted their business model from, forget about the store, 75% of their sales are direct to consumer, right. which means that guess what? They are getting a much higher margin. That's fantastic. The, the hard part of this is that it's a brand that's known in North America. And as soon as you go out to other parts of the country, or the world, I should say, um, building a brand is very expensive. It takes a lot of time, and this is a high-end brand. High-end brands typically are known to the higher-end customer around the world, and maybe that's what's going to help them. But I will tell you, they have a new um, line of, of golf shirts and golf pants. Yep. And oh my gosh, you put the golf pants on and, you know, even an old dude like I, man, I'm looking pretty good in that freaking stuff. I'm telling you. So I, I, I think they are a good chance to make it. Um, and, yeah. um, and at the high end, we don't have any problem with discretionary spending. So they definitely added uh, menswear. They also have the mirror where you can work out uh, the yep. electronic reflection. And they really are trying to put together outfits that you can take from working out to the office. It's something that yep. you're seeing, you know, getting a lot of traction also in Europe. So, Jordan, it's really hard to see these COVID winners and then, you know, coming out of the pandemic, uh, a re-winner. Do you think with launching some additional products, that's kind of what set them apart? Well, you know what? Lululemon's a, a great brand. It's an aspirational brand is what I call it. Everyone wants yeah. to own a piece. If Many people can't afford it, but if you were going to get a gift, man, everyone would like that as a gift. Um, the problem I have with it is a couple. Number one, I found it early and didn't stick with it. The other problem is <laughs> it's very expensive. And the third problem is, unlike Tobin, I don't know. I still aspire to look good in that stuff. So, you know, I think it's just really expensive. It's a great brand. And it's the kind of company that you want to try to find, you know, on, on some sort of earnings disappointment when it, when it comes in for you. But um, really quality, high quality. They're hard to buy cheap. I give them a ton of credit. And I smack myself every once in a while for not sticking with it. 
when I first found this thing maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, but this yeah. is one of those companies, though, right now, Jordan, that they they are a brand right now. Toby said it best here in North America. They are expanding, but they are showing that growth. You know, one thing about a lot of companies, especially when it comes to the clothing side, they, they get stuck in their ways. They, get, yeah, they, they, they just stay out. within that one model. Here, Lululemon is actually thinking out of the box. They're going after that male demographic. I mean, think about... Who controls the finances in the household? It's always going to be the woman. You know, she's going to get spend money for little Johnny for school. Maybe save, you know, she'll spend for herself and maybe a couple bucks for the husband if there's anything left. But they're always going to look. They're always going to look and they're going to buy uh, items that are there and they're going to stick to those brands. And now you have another part of the American family household that's actually going to be able to wear this stuff. I see a big growth story here. I think this is something that they really should be much more. More proactive in marketing because especially in a world right now where there's so much uncertainty they seem to have it right toby do you think their growth is sustainable yeah well yeah, again two things uh, there's there's sustainable growth and then there's sustainable margins and, and what makes lululemon unique is that uh the when i bought the 195 dollar pants they probably have about uh, 15 dollars of product cost in there to actually make them. And of course, they're made in Vietnam, right? So, uh, you know, they would do better if I buy it from them directly than me from my golf shop, which I bought at the golf shop. Uh, and so if they're going to expand, what makes them magic is that because of that 75% direct consumer, they're getting top line growth and they're getting yeah. margin expansion. That's very unique. Now, yes. the question is how long, and I am not an expert in, in clothing. I'm an expert. I'm wearing a, 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 an Armani jacket that I bought 20 years ago, okay? So, so but I, believe in, yeah, I believe in buying sports. high quality, right? And then, and then beyond that, uh, you know, clothes go in and out of fashion. I will tell you, though, if you ever go into a Trader Joe's about 930 in the morning, oh, right. half of Half of the women are in there and, and, and they're Lululemons. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun to go shop at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic insight, gentlemen. Have you purchased your electric vehicle yet? If not, there's one American company that thinks you will, and they are betting it's not going to be a Tesla. Which car company are we talking about? Stay right here to find out. Buy, hold, sell, brought to you by Crosscheck Management. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Veronica Dudo, and welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. If you have the Russians that are going into Ukraine, the Americans and the Germans and everyone else in Europe is going to say, hell no. If Russia doing things, you know, logically was their M.O., I'd agree with you. Yeah, Todd, why don't you get him on, on a phone call right now? Hello, <laughs> you... Financial News TV, just the way you like it. Fast-paced, unadulterated in your face, rock and roll style. Join us next time on Buy, Hold, Sell Live. Oh yeah, I'm gonna remember all that. I can't even remember. Oh God. Yeah, well, that does. I want you to, uh, oh my God. Fast pace, no, oh, sorry. <laughs>
take one. Fast paced, no holds barred, in your face, rock and roll style. Woohoo! Let's kick some ass. I want you to smash that like button. <laughs> Track, cue, dissolve. Good morning and welcome from Big Wig Studios. From the Big Wig Media Studios. Big Wig Media's broadcast center at the Willard is the ideal headquarters to host your virtual meetings and video conferences. Kudos to our team who's running around behind the cameras. What I liked about working with Big Wig Media was you guys are the experts. Our industry pros have you covered. Let's get started. Welcome back. This week, Ford announced a major hiring campaign to bring on 6,000 people to help build its electric F-150 and revamped Mustang. Jordan, since Tesla has a dominant share in the EV market, which stock is better? Well, you know what, Veronica, I have to say, you know, knowing this segment might have been coming up, I did some homework and I use a magnet model. And unfortunately, I wouldn't buy either one of them right now. But, <laughs> okay. but um, using the magnet model, there's a company called Visteron VC, which is actually a Ford spinoff. And what they do is they make the dashboards and the control panels, the climate control yeah that they sell to everybody, including Ford, including GM, including VW, and, and so on. And so this is one of the examples of instead of buying the gold mine that you hope will find gold, it's buying the Levi jeans that everyone's going to wear where they're looking for gold. So the, the, the best, highest ranked stock in the magnet stock selection process in the auto and in the auto, um, autonomous area is VC. And I even have to say that I did my homework today, uh, knowing I was coming on the show, I'll wait to buy the stock on Monday and share it with the audience first. All right. So, Todd, <laughs> they also talked about exclusively selling online. What do you think of this? Yeah, well, that seems to be the trend, right? I mean, with car companies like Carvana, uh, they're doing the same thing. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go out with this one. I mean, with Ford and Tesla, look, I love Ford. I love Tesla. I think Elon Musk is a genius. And uh, But when I look at start looking at companies, I look for their growth prospects. They already have the Mustang. We all know that a revamped Mustang, it doesn't have to be revamped. It's still going to sell. But this F-150, to have an EV F-150 is truly a catastrophe category killer. It's something very unique. And you can see what they're doing because they're competing against Tesla's upcoming pickup truck. But if I had to pick the two companies, I got to go with Ford right now. I mean, I love that growth story. I love the fact they want to hire 6,000 new workers. They're actually going to bring on 3,000 other um, uh, temporary workers that could eventually move into and convert into uh, full-time union jobs, which is also great. So they have a dividend yield right now of 2.9%. Tesla doesn't offer a dividend. I'm really big on companies that offer the dividend. I'd say I'd buy Ford right now. Toby? Well, jeepers. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were short Tesla. As, again, I love the car, love my Tesla, didn't love the, you know, the valuation, right? 
Uh, secondarily, Ford, the F-150s, I love the fact that, I mean, what is it, Todd, 150000 are already reserved? Yeah. Um, and, and and it is not a cheap vehicle at starting at about $56,000. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, that means Todd will have five of them. But um, <laughs> I, I actually uh, am, am more impressed with a company in China, NIO, N-I-O, that um, because of the reopening in China, they had a significant amount of their sales sort of mothballed. In China, you have a tax credit that on a relative basis is higher than, than we have in the United States. Um, and, and it's sales growth. They're profitable. But what they've done is they've taken the Tesla idea of having uh, charging stations all over around just for Teslas, by the way. Uh, on the NEO, you have 55,000 charging stations just in Shanghai, Beijing, Zhandeng, the big areas. And you can also have a little gas tank. And that little gas tank allows you to charge your, your engine. So at the price point, at the utility in China, NIO was a $70 stock. It's down to $20 here. If you take their earnings out, uh, out over the next uh, two, you know, two and a half years, to me that you're buying it at about a, a 12 price to earnings ratio. I, I like the growth and I like the price. Uh, you know, and, and China stocks were getting you know, blown up because of all various issues. Now they're re, you know, reopening and they're cutting down the rhetoric. So that's the one I'm, I'm buying. So, Jordan, we also had seen a company in China, and they were making some of the electric vehicles for $8,000, and obviously a lot of movement in that direction. Do you ever think that the area would be oversaturated? Well, you know, I don't think the EV market's going to be oversaturated. You know, unlike Tobin, I don't really trust the numbers over in China. I don't trust the financials in China. And, and I think there's going to be just more and more issues over there. So, you know, I've been there. I'm sure Tobin's been there more than I have. Um, they don't really care about numbers so much. They care about other <laughs> things. And, and so, you know, I like to keep the money here in America. I don't need to be over flag waving. And, um, you know, as far as Ford goes, we were long Ford. We had to sell it because, again, I follow a model. The, the numbers change. The, the relative strength change. And I just yeah. hope, hope, hope that the Ford 150 doesn't have these recalls that you keep seeing in the paper. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Ford. So I'm rooting for Ford real hard. I happen to love Elon Musk. I think he's a hero. Um, but again, I use a model and, and we wouldn't touch it based on valuation. You know, you know the biggest issue with, the, with these electric vehicles, though, is that you have to charge them and you usually have to drive a few <laughs> miles off the interstate to recharge them. And what do you do for a couple of hours? That's the only thing. I mean, they really need to have these charging stations in convenient spots. Maybe, I don't know, where gas stations are would actually help. But there is a, they have to figure out, and this will evolve, this will happen over time, the ability to actually charge fast. And, well, and Todd, I, once the, that happens, then we'll be a different Yeah, the business spot. model, the, 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 the audience for them right now are not people like you driving 800 miles to go to a TV show. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the model is people who drive like normal human beings, right. uh, which means that they, they drive about 18 miles a day is the right. average. And so that's that's who they're selling to, for crying out loud. All right. Uh, you know, so true. Nothing like t taking your experience and extrapolating it to the entire world. I love that. Terrific conversation, guys. Earlier in the show, we talked about some Wall Street leaders warning us about dark clouds and potential financial hurricanes. If this sad forecast holds true historically, there seems to be one sector that unfortunately might benefit. Which one is it? Stay tuned to find out. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems 
if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so. Hey friends, investor friends, this is Tobin Smith. I just show this if you may remember me from like, like 25 years on Business TV, but it's not about me, brothers and sisters. It is about this. We are about five times the average stock average over the last two years, but more importantly, this year, we're up about 67% in our portfolios, while the S&P is down, you know, 12% and going deeper. And the Nasdaq's down 25% and going deeper. Let me ask you this, are you tired of losing money? Uh, because right now we forecast not only a big recession in 2023, but we think we can do this again. We think it could be up again another 5, 50 to 60% by being in the right place, the right stocks, and at the right time. That's what we're doing right now. So join us, transformityresearch.com. Get on our free newsletter, transformityresearch.com. Join us for free and stop losing money. I'm Veronica Dudo, and welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell. If you have the Russians that are going into Ukraine, the Americans and the Germans and everyone else in Europe is going to say, hell no. If Russia doing things, you know, logically was their M.O., I'd agree with you. Yeah, Todd, why don't you get him on, on a phone call right now? Hello, <laughs> you... has shown us that during recessionary periods, alcohol consumption rises as many people try to cope with the stress of troubling personal finances. Toby, with so many Wall Street economists predicting an inevitable recession, is now the time for investors to consider adding these stocks to their portfolios? Well, I always like to say that um, it appears that people have sort of forgotten that we've been in a freaking pandemic for two and a half years <laughs> and alcohol consumption skyrocketed. True. So, again, I my sort of point is, is that first off, in our house, if, if alcohol consumption is considered to be recessionary, then we've been in a recession for like 22 years. OK, <laughs> but if, but if you look at at the, uh, you know, the upside, this is another pull forward. A product. I mean, look at the claw, the seltzer things. Well, it was all the rage, right? And then yeah. everybody's had seltzer, and now it's over. So, um, I don't, I, again, all those rules of thumb have gone out the window. And if you're investing based on rules of thumb from the you know 18th century, uh, it ain't going to work. So, Jordan, do you think alcohol stocks are re recessionary resistant as opposed to re recessionary <laughs> proof? <laughs> well, they're recessionary enhancers. I don't know what they are. The fact is, there's not enough of them. None of them score high. Maybe you want to look in the sleep disorder area, uh, in, in better mattresses to get better night's sleeps. 
But, um, you know, I think Toby hit it on the head. I think that the alcohol consumption has been pretty strong for the last couple of years. And, and I don't know what's going to make it uh, increase from here. So let's just hope that doesn't happen and uh, find some other, you know, areas to look at. So, Todd, we saw a lot of the stimulus money going towards places like Home Depot, Lowe's. People were doing at-home projects. And as Toby did mention, they sort of, you know, have enjoyed being at home during the pandemic. Do you think that this will just continue on in terms of looking at any type of alcohol stocks? Well, you're right about the DIY stocks. Absolutely. We saw a big big pop in all of those uh, during the pandemic. But what economists are looking at is trying to predict the future by looking at historical numbers. So during the Great Recession, we actually saw uh, alcohol consumption increase close to 30% nationwide. I mean, it's just awful. So the feeling is that if we have a prolonged recession, you will have an increase in alcohol consumption. And therefore, as and that, that does lead to obviously social issues, disease issues. Um, but yeah. as Wall Streeters, we do look at the opportunity as well. So when you start thinking about maybe some particular stocks like Brown Foreman, uh, Jack Daniels company, like that's where Brown Foreman will be a big winner. But on the beer side, I would probably stay away from companies like Molson Coors only because so many people have been migrating to IPAs. They're getting away from, say, drinking Coors Lights. I know personally, that's what I do. So you have to start thinking, are any of those uh, companies public? And I don't think there are any right now well constellation brands is is if i was going to buy one is one that I, one I would buy um simply because they're so diversified and yeah. they're so international uh they they also make a nice profit they pay a little dividend um but you you know you're not going to get rich buying liquor uh you know companies at their low growth rates because it, at, at the end of the day what the business model is, is somebody starts, I have a, a friend who started a, a small bourbon company. We all invested like 5,000 bucks and it became a, a pretty big one. And then we got like $50,000 back from that because it was bought by Constellation Brands. Yeah. The, where you make the money is is in the new stuff, uh, doing the new categories. Right. Um, uh, you know, and uh, I, I, but, but the big, these big guys are, have growth that is cyclical, but not a lot of money be made here. Um, and, and the big money has already been made uh, over the last two years. Well, hold on, though. I, I look at some of these alcohol companies. The margins are actually pretty wide. I mean, they're not bad companies to hold into a, in a portfolio. The question is, though, is that going into a recession, will you see more of a pop? And history has shown us that we will. We'll, we will see more of an increase coming from the Constellation brands of the world you, right you now. You can't buy any more booze than we bought in the last 28 months. It's, <laughs> you it's can consume more, Toby. Go, I know you're up for the challenge. I know you are. <laughs> I, I I was so upset with the Warriors losing in the last three minutes of the NBA last night. I had to go out and buy booze to, to, to deliver to my freaking neighbor who I had a bet with for crying out loud. All right. But it's it's, you know, Bullet Rye is my friend. But um, the, I, but they're owned by, uh, you know, the Constellation Brands. And I, I, I don't like them. I mean, again, I think. Any analog, any model, any any model that says I'm going to take what happened in the last five years, 10 years, 15 years, and then apply that to this, human behavior doesn't change. There's no question about that. But the part that's, that's changed here is that we're actually buying less booze because we bought so much booze. And I'm going to extrapolate my experience like Todd over everybody else and say that, you know, <laughs> at some point in time, 
your liver, you know, gives you a wake-up call. Oh, my goodness. And maybe people are buying <laughs> Lululemon to work out, and they want to be healthy, as we Yay. just talked about. No, no. There you go. Nice All tie right. together. There you go. Toby, Toby goes for runs. He just runs to the liquor store. <laughs> Combining everything. All right. Great discussion, gentlemen. Coming up next, it's time to make some money. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. Buy, hold, sell live, brought to you by Transformity Research. Hey, friends, investor friends, this is Tobin Smith. I just show this to you may remember me from my, like 25 years on business TV, but it's not about me, brothers and sisters. It is about this. We are about five times the average, stock average, over the last two years. But more importantly, this year, we're up about 67% in our portfolios, while the S&P is down, you know, 12% and going deeper. And the Nasdaq's down 25% and going deeper. Let me ask you this, are you tired of losing money? Uh, because right now, we forecast not only a big recession in 2023, but we think we can do this again. We think it could be up again another five 50 to 60% by being in the right place, the right stocks, and at the right time. That's what we're doing right now. So join us, transformityresearch.com. Get on our free newsletter, transformityresearch.com. Join us for free and stop losing money. If you like Buy, Hold, Sell Live, be sure to smash the like button. Lights, cameras, connectivity to every kind of screen with six broadcast studios and experts ready to help plan the event. Big Wig Media's broadcast center at the Willard is the ideal headquarters to host your virtual meetings and video conferences. Let's get started. Predictions, let's make some money. All right, Jordan, what's your summer sizzle? Well, here's what we have. I think it's a great one, actually. I'm looking for the reemergence of Merger Monday. So while I think the indexes are going to continue to struggle for the summer, I think you're going to wake up on Mondays and find out uh, some good news on a couple companies. And so the biggest companies out there are full of cash. There's plenty of companies in the Russell 2000 that are down not 10%, but 50, 60, 70%. If you actually have a model that could pick out those companies with products 
and cash flow, the best thing a large company can do is make an accretive acquisition. So I think you're going to start to see uh, at this level, even though the indexes will struggle, that there'll be a couple happy investors every Monday morning when the lawyers got done with their work over the weekend. And I'm looking for the reemergence of Merger Monday. Toby? Well, I'm, I'm going to. Am I going to agree with him or not? No, that was the lamest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, but I'm a stock, <laughs> Jordan. I don't want to, uh, you know, just sit around and laugh at somebody else. Here, you know, it's called buy, hold, sell, right? Here's what you want to buy. I want to buy. 9.87% yield from a two-year treasury bond Look with zero risk. If you don't buy this, you are a bonehead. Every one of our <laughs> accounts, we load it up. You can buy $10,000 a person and then buy one for your wife and your kids. But you cannot beat this deal, number one. Okay, on hold, I want to hold big oils. I, I got a lot of notes this week saying, geez, should I sell my Exxon or my Shell uh, or my Anadarko resources? There? No, you got to hold them. I'm just looking at the futures right now. The futures are pricing in $135 oil starting in July. So I want to own the big multinationals. You can own even British Petroleum with the, the tax they're adding. And then on sell, I'm selling financials. Financials were supposed to, you know, according to the model, according to what used to work, that when <laughs> when Fed rates go up, they get to do better. Well, they peaked out, and now they're going, the, you know, the other way. So I'm out, I'm out in short financials. Todd? I, I wish I had a newspaper like Toby had. That, that's an yeah. awesome prop. Uh, now, um, okay, well, back on, on what Toby was talking about on the hold on big oil, I have to tell you, my buy is going to be ExxonMobil right now. Um, yeah. the, the stock is literally at pennies away from its 52-week high. It's trading at 99 and change. It's got a dividend yield still, even after the run-up, a dividend yeah. yield of 3 spot 6%. That's yeah. awesome for investors. That's one of those companies that you just can't go wrong on. And uh, I know as an investor, or myself, that's one I would definitely uh, definitely uh, choose to, to hold on to and buy. Um, on the hold, I got to tell you, this is going to pain me, guys, but the hold I have is Starbucks. If you didn't sell it when I told you to and you're still holding on to it, I would hold on to it only because they just reopened 600 stores in China. That is going to have a significant yeah. impact on their bottom line in quarters to come. And oddly enough, the stock as with the broader averages, was down today, but it was on a recent run-up. It's a, in the high 70s right now. I think about 79 and change. Definitely something to consider. You might get a quick 10% run-up on that going into the uh, going into the third quarter, which will be good for investors. My sell, I got to tell you, my sell right now is really anything in the consumer discretionary space. Target, Walmart, Kohl's, anything. Because when I looked at that jobs report and I saw minus 60,000 jobs, I have to suspect that going forward, that's not good. Those are jobs that are not going to be rolling back. If they do, it will be seasonal, and that won't be until the holiday season. But right now, stay well, away from them. Hey, Todd, that's great. I wish I wish we had a time machine so we could go back four weeks and you could actually make money off of that. Holy mackerel. Hey, wait a second. Hey, wait hey, a second. Wait a minute. I can't sit here and take this crap from Tobin here. So I don't want to talk my books. we got a lot of small stocks, mid-cap stocks. I don't yeah. want to mention the actual names, but we are long oil. We are long shipping. We are short yeah. Horrify Shopify. And uh, so the thing is, I just don't like to talk the book on the smaller stocks. It's impolite. <laughs> Toby, get your it's newspaper. <laughs> Look at 
Jordan, buy some freaking <laughs> two-year bonds. Okay, but what, happen, what, happens after, what happens after two weeks of the 9%, Tobin? It goes back to no, zero? No, no, no. It, yeah, it, Tobin. It's, 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 it's locked in. It's locked in <laughs> for, for two the weeks? entire year. Yeah, no, it's I locked in for the that. entire year. Oh, my yes, goodness. Yes, it is. It's called a one-year bond, you bonehead. <laughs> it's one at year. 9%, 9%, 9%, 9%. At 9% or at 9%, it's not locked in for a year. Yeah, it Maverick. Is. It is. Dude, dude, it's called a U.S. government treasury bond for crying at out loud. At 9%. At 9%? Yeah. Sounds like a little bit yes. too much Brown Foreman over there last night. No 9%, no. 1% treasury. The yield, the yield is tied to inflation, my friend. And All right. they're well, in for a we're year. We're still friends, but I, we're still friends. But I think you're wrong on that. We're one. out of control. All right, time will tell. So we'll have to <laughs> and wait out of and time. See. Thanks, guys. Well, that does it for another episode of Buy, Hold, Sell. Remember to follow us on all socials and let us know what you think in the comments section. On behalf of all of us, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week on Buy, Hold, Sell. Thank you for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell. We hope you enjoyed yourself and return next week. Until then, please remember to subscribe to the Crosscheck Media channel on YouTube and follow us on all social media sites. Thanks for tuning in. On any given day in Washington, policy proposals are created, debated, and decimated by tens of thousands of people and organizations working behind the scenes. On 80 Proof Politics, a guest and I will visit a D.C. watering hole and distill the art of advocacy by pulling back the curtain a bit and taking a look at how they play their part in the sausage factory we call our federal government. So if you're at all interested in how the sausage is made, pull up a chair, grab a drink, and join us. After all, what goes better with sausage than a tall, cold one?